Hi, it's Candace Patton, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Starring Grand Gus and As Baron, aka The Flash. I'm your host, Andy. I don't know this man, but bye. And with me, as always, is Lazy. Where's Caitlin? Bauer. Breeze. Always, Re- always wondering. Breeze. Her, always her, her Reggie is better than Riverdale's Reggie. Riley, how you doing? Hi, everyone. And also, of course, we have Tatiana. Eric, I got lots of questions. Hollander. That is my middle name. How did you guess? Well, I um, I would just, I would just channel my inner Tatiana, which I did a few weeks ago. Um, I think it went horribly, but some people may may said it went disastrous, <laughs> um, catastrophic even. Because I like I leaned a little bit too much into, I guess the mean girl side, a little bit too much. When reading I've never theme. been mean a day in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Have, oh, so you clearly don't remember our car rides every time I've been visiting LA. Because at least, there's at least at least one point where you're like, you're going to shut up and listen to my K-pop. I'm like, oh, okay. And you loved it. Um, I, okay, sure. But you know, maybe next time I can pick the music? You I usually do. I it's your car. You're like, yes, you can pick one song, but then we're going back to K-pop. Um, but, <laughs> um, anyway, we're back after we had uh, an amazing live show last week with uh, all that other podcasts covering the first three parts of Crisis of Infinite Earths. Um, Lacey and Breeze, that was your first time. What uh, did it meet? Did you did it precede your expectations? I thought it was great. I had a good time. I was amazed how many people both participated in the podcast and were chatting with us in the live chat. That was awesome. Here, here. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun, and um, I think I had maybe done some podcasting over the summer with some of the hosts, but there were a lot more. I just felt like you know it was a really lively discussion and lots of interactions because we're all coming from the same place, uh, watching the same episodes. Yeah, I no, I thought it was a blast. I think that was my, to this day, I think that was my favorite live recording because uh, I remember I wasn't, uh, the Elseworlds recording was what it was. I was also sick, so that kind of ruined things a little bit. But I remember you know, we all were very divided on Elseworlds. But with Christ, I think it's definitely, like, you know, I mean, aside from, you know, some of the, 
cute nitpicks that we were kind of because we you know I it I don't think any of us had any major issues with Crisis. I think we really enjoyed so much what we were getting. Of course, maybe there were things they could have done differently, whatever, and so on. But we were. It seemed like everyone had a good time watching these episodes, and we had a great time covering it. So I'm, and to everyone, to anyone who's listening right now, thank you so much for tuning in that night. We had, I mean, it was one of our highest listened shows of all time uh, on DC Podcast Network. Uh, we had that w- we had over seventeen hundred messages, uh, sub- you know, happening in the live chat that night. Over seven hundred hearts. Uh, clicked on for our channel uh, I think we went up with at least like a 20 10 to 20 more followers on our channel so that was it, it was a blast beautiful it was it was magnificent and remember we're gonna be coming back for more crisis talk because we're not done yet because on Wednesday January 15th in 2020 at 9pm Eastern slash 6pm Pacific we're all coming back and um, to Mixler.com slash DCD Podcast with uh, members of Quiver the Green Arrow Podcast, the Flash Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Letters Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, and Batwoman Podcast to cover the two final parts of Crisis that will air on Tuesday, January 14th with Arrow and Letters Tomorrow, respectively. So, and you are all gonna want to tune in for those two episodes uh and then of course definitely for our live crossover because i mean it's also gonna be a little bittersweet because that's gonna be quiver's final time participating because um after that they only have two episodes left and then the show is um over and quiver will be over so um wait do they have two more episodes after the crossover or is the crossover episode that is technically an Arrow episode. Uh, yeah, after, after the crossover, we are getting the the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries. Oh, right, right, right. And then, the, then the series finale. Okay. So really only like one more proper Arrow episode because it's yeah, going to be like true. a Canaries episode. That's true. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, so it's... um, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit... Uh, a little bit teary about it because, you know, I know that... Uh, Michael, I mean, Michael has been open about it on Quiver that he's kind of, after Arrow, he's kind of going to be shifting more focus onto um, his other podcasts on Thunderquack, which are all amazing, but it's going to be more focused on uh, Disney Plus content, Star Wars shows, Marvel things, and stuff like that. So it's, um, he's kind of, yeah, he's kind of taking a, he's kind of, kind of, he's not, you know, turning his, back on these TV, but I think he's going more into the passions that he has. And I think, I mean, that, I think that's great. So, but it's definitely, you know, it's it'll be weird losing my Oliver Queen to my Barry Allen. Because um, that's kind of been our relationship for the past couple of years since we've been working together. Like he's, you know, he's the more serious one, and I'm the more goofier one. Um, so, it's, um, it is what it is. So, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys will join us for that live show. We will put all the details in the show notes, so you guys can, you know, if you don't have Mixer, you can get it on your phone, you can get a, a, an account for free, and yeah, all that good stuff. So, so we're here today, we're doing, uh, it's, it's the week before Christmas, um, 
and we wanted to just give you like at least one final episode, all four of us together. I I might come back for one more with uh, my buddy Adam, just doing the kind of like a Flash review of tw- tw- nineteen, kind of covering Flash of all areas. But this week we're doing we're doing two things for a special edition, and there are no news really. Uh, there's it's been, I mean it's been quiet for natural reasons, uh, unless I missed something. I don't think there was anything. I think there's been uh, it's been it's been the news about Eva McCulloch, um, Keenan Lonesdale is back on set, filming. Yay! Yay! And uh, it's episode fourteen, and he's uh, apparently he's. I, I'm Eric came out and said something about it. It was this that the the, the Wally will we will meet. And you know when he comes back, it's not necessarily going to be the same one we saw last time, which is going to be a direct result of Crisis. So you know, what could I mean? Um, I'm I'm just looking forward to. I'm just happy that Wally's coming back because, I mean, he's Wally West. Who doesn't love some, themselves on Wally West? Um, but we're here to do two things. Um, first of all, um, as you may have noticed on our live show, we were a lot of people. A lot of people. And it's sometimes very easy that we don't get to cover everything we want from some of these podcasts. I mean, some of these crossovers. So we're kind of doing like a little bit of um, I'm trying to find like a like a fancy way of putting this. Kind of like Crisis of Infinite Catch-Up uh, of what we didn't get to talk about. So I'm um, going to go around the table. Oh, I mean, this li- not a little table because we're not in the same room, sadly. Although next year, hopefully at Comic-Con, we can all get together and record something in person. It's happening. Just saying. But not in the universe. I mean, we should all be... I mean, we. Sh- I, mean, I, I mean, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should all be there. Um, But yeah, so kind of just going to go around a little bit about talking about things that they didn't talk... that we didn't get to cover, or if, you know, if I was foolish enough to actually miss... you Because know, I, I went back and listened to the show, and I feel there's at least three times where I forgot to ask Breeze what she thought about said discussion point that I was asking everyone else. Uh, so, I'm going to start with you, Breeze. Like, okay, so, from any of the three episodes that we saw, um, what, were other, what were other things that you enjoyed, that you were that you were maybe questioning, that you had thoughts about, um... It, was, was there another DC appearance that you wanted to get more into? Because, I mean, there was a lot of them. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't remember everything I said last week. It was kind of a blur, so apologies to listeners if I repeat anything. Um, I mean, I think as far as guest appearances, we covered everything. There were so many great cameos. Um, not sure what to expect in the next two episodes, if any. Um I guess my one thing we didn't really talk a lot about is the role of Lex Luthor in the crossover, which I personally was not a huge fan of. I thought, I mean, it was in in, writing wise, it was an interesting twist to kind of have him come in and write out um, Superman. But I just feel like when you have so many principal actors across these shows to bring in someone who was really only meant to have a short arc, um, it's a little unfortunate. N- nothing against John John Cryer. He's a great actor. You know, he has a great Lex. He does a great Lex. But I just feel like there are probably other characters who could use that spotlight. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I thought it was really great. Um, I'm really interested to see how things move forward. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. It feels like 10 years ago crisis. Right. <laughs> so much has happened in pop culture in the past week. And then we have star Wars uh, tomorrow. So that's where my head is at now. But I think that, yeah, I'm sure there's other things I'll, I'm missing, but I'll let everyone else go and see if anything, I think of anything else. Well, let me, let, let's, let's talk about the Lex thing for a little, for a second, because I, the one, cause I kept wondering too, like why they did it the way that they did and so on. But I almost wonder, does it become too easy for them if they have? I mean, like, wouldn't in theory it be pretty simple for them if they just? Ha- I mean, if they had two Superman and a Supergirl, you know, three of the most powerful beings in the, in the universe, maybe they did it because they wanted to try to restrict, you know, the power level or something like that. I mean, obviously there's something that the Monitor needed with Lex, um, but what for it? That's kind of still a little bit unclear. Well, I think it's kind of dumb. I said this during the the crossover episode. I'm salty that he replaced like the hottest Superman ever, and I'm gonna continue to be salty about that because I wanted more like Brandon Routh in the super suit, and I feel like Lex has taken that from me. So zero stars for that part. But I also like <laughs> don't understand entirely and maybe one of you guys has a better perspective on this than i do that's not blinded by the superman outfit but if we had to go through the whole like we need all of these paragons for whatever reason like then it's suddenly okay to just replace one of them with lex like why did we spend two episodes looking for these paragons if they didn't if the what what pair he was the paragon of what like truth or something i don't remember truth, i think yeah but um which is super ironic that lex Luthor would take right? over that role but i'm like if if we needed them then clearly we needed the paragon of truth for something like lex Luthor is not particularly truthful but i guess then we didn't need the paragons i don't know i'm very confused i and, think like, that it's on that point all part of the monitor the monitor has a grander plan and he for whatever reason does not feel that the need to or in fact feels that he needs to not reveal it to anyone and so he it's really worked out well for like everyone else on these shows for like 15 years it's fine. and everyone else in the multiverse since they're all dead now <laughs> except for the seven <laughs> but anyway um i think it's that he needed superman as the paragon of truth precisely because that would make lex want to come after him and replace himself because he really needs Lex. That would be my guess. And Lex I, wouldn't do it if you said, "Hey, Lex, come fight for the multiverse." He'd be like, "You know, I don't feel like it." So. Yeah, I think that's a good theory, but but I think I guess just from a comics perspective, I think the, the monitors, the fact that he knows what he's doing comes across a little bit more. Like, I, I just feel like maybe they haven't developed. Which he's elusive in the comics too, but I do feel like maybe they could have developed him a little bit more in the show, especially his relationship with Har- Harbinger. Yeah. Um, so may- maybe that's what I'm missing out on. It also certainly that makes didn't it help. Not work. It also certainly didn't help that he was confused by Oliver dying. So now it looks like he doesn't know anything. You know, like he was like, "No, Oliver, this is happening." And then Oliver was like, "I will shoot an arrow at you," and he was like, "I didn't expect this." I can't believe it. Oliver died at this point. So I'm like, okay, He's really crappy at telling the future. <laughs> exactly. I still, I still crack up when I re listen. I mean, I guess I, I, I will be one of those people being like, yes, I re listened to that live show over and over again, and I cracked up the moment where, Ta- you know, uh, where Tanya, it was, he was, she was saying something like, you know, 
uh, I didn't see this coming. And then Taddy goes, like, well, then what do you see coming? Like, <laughs> I I would have paid good money to see Tatiana go up against the monitor and be like, what is this nonsense? This is the dumbest BS I've ever seen. You, like, you, I mean, you're worse than a fortune cookie. <laughs> I would love to have the chance to go up against the monitor. Um. So where okay, where were we? Um. Okay, lazy. Were there any things you felt you didn't get to talk about during live? Show? Um. I also don't remember entirely what I talked about, but I think um two things that I super loved is I loved. I loved all the the Kate and Kara stuff. I really sort of love this evolution into like if Barry and Oliver are no longer going to be the central relationship of this sort of universe of shows. And I think they make an amazing sort of centerpiece to build a lot of this around. I'm really excited that it's, you know, two women and, and a lot of the other women in the crossover got so much to do. I love 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 this Lois so much and I love that she and Iris got to do so much together I thought they were a really great sort of side pairing that happened around all the rest of the other stuff and I was like look everyone's doing like investigative journalism I understand that this universe doesn't understand how journalism works but this is still nice so I was very into that I um no I you know what's so funny is because we, I've seen a lot of people talk about the whole idea that Iris uh, I mean that Kate and Cara will in a way in a way they could pretty much replace um Oliver and Bear's relationship going forward um I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping what the, I mean I, I definitely want to see that world's finest dynamic evolve because I think again I. I could watch Ruby Rose and Melissa Benoist act together for for episodes after episode. Again, I I mean, if I if it was up to me, I would just combine Bad Woman and Super Bowl into like a world's finest TV show, um, and just have them together every week. Um, I know they're so great together. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, and, and, you know, because to me, like, it also it's it's you know, it's, for me, it's a very key moment because I'm, I'm you know I've seen I mean I'm again I told this to everyone last week but I'm gonna say this again I got I, I've gotten so sick of all the hate that Ruby Rose has been getting I'm like you know people kept crapping on her acting abilities or you know people crapping on her show and I'm like but of course you're doing it it's a woman every time anytime any woman puts on a cape it's an SJW BS show for you so I I am really enjoying Bad Woman. I really enjoy Rubrus in the role. Uh, yes, there are things on that show I haven't necessarily agreed with, but I still think it's an enjoyable uh, first season, and I think she's good as Kate Kane and Bad Woman. And I think when she gets to be with all these other characters, I think that's when she really gets to ch- shine because the re- all the relationships she has right now on her show are kind of like, they're very I mean they're very emotional, they're very dramatic and so on. But in this crossover, it's like it's it's a little bit different because she, I mean she's dealing with an alien being in Kara, and then she's watching you know she's learning about the multiverse. I mean I think it's just so f- funny because people keep forgetting that she's not used to any of that. She's like I'm on a spaceship with people's in, people in Cape. Uh, this freaky dude who cannot predict the future for even if his life depended on it, and then he died. Um, yeah, so like I'm 
no, Wolves, I'm all here for the Wolves' final relationship to come to fruition. But I, I'm also in agreement with what Nate say, said last week from you know from the Blind Lightning podcast that if Jefferson and Barry kind of become like the new like. If we have, like, the male version of, like, a World's Final, I kind of hope that's it's Barry and Jefferson, like, the Lightning Bros. Because... I'm looking for... I saw this piece. It was on Den of Geek this week, and I'm looking for it because I can't remember who wrote it. But now that you said that, it made me, like, think of, was it made, of was this. It Micah? It might, I don't know. I don't think it was Mike, actually. But either Kate, it was basically... Either, either Kate or Katie or it was uh, Mike. It must have been one of those two. Um, because it was about uh, being a little disappointed. I would love to know what you guys think of this. The idea- oh, here it is. Uh, blah, blah, blah. This they were The argument is that it was a missed opportunity in the way that it introduced Black Lightning to the universe. Like It's by someone named Nicole that I do not know. Nicole Hill. Nicole Hill. And the gist of the piece is that Black Lightning is, is not, has not been like was not introduced into this universe in in like a way that kind of explains the show that he's on or the show or wants people or encourages people to like watch that show like because they didn't they didn't kind of push that episode of Black Lightning as being part of Crisis yeah, even though apparently it like that was the biggest mistake so, like, of all time like like they bring Jefferson in but, like, his family's already, like, disappeared in his universe. And, but, like, because none of the people watching Crisis who don't also watch Black Lightning know that, like, it's very not, like, like it doesn't have the same emotional impact. And I will admit that I did not watch that episode of Black Lightning. I'm quite behind on Black Lightning, so I didn't see it either. But, like, I've watched enough of Black Lightning to know who Jefferson and the other characters are. So, like, it still worked for me. But I wonder what that was like for people who never watched Black Lightning, like, do we think that would be enough to get them to tune into the show? I don't know. It was a really good piece. After the quote, Yeah, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here as someone who has not really watched Black Lightning, even though I'm sure it's great. Like, I actually found the moment between him and Barry kind of false. It didn't ring true to me. The whole, oh, I lost my parents, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you've known this guy for, like, it was very much like, oh, your mom's named Martha, too. Like, it just felt, like, so forced. (laughs) And, like, I love both those characters, and I think they could come to a place of, like, connection, but it just felt so shoehorned into the show. So, to, like, so, yeah, maybe if I had watched the episode of Black Lightning, I would have, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. It felt very, like, we're throwing it in. Go ahead. For me, it was, like, the it's the same but the opposite because I mean I really loved most of their interactions. I I thought that that Black Lightning had a really strong presence in the episode, but I agree that not showing his family in the episode and just having you know just having him know that his family is gone and dead, whatever, it makes is confusing. Because if I didn't watch the show, I might think like, okay, dude doesn't have a family, you know, which is the very opposite of the show. Now, but when you what, say showing up in the episode, do you mean like? You needed them to actually like be in like on the way rider with them. Or I would have liked no, no, no. I would have liked to see him like see his world disappear, right? See the like. I think they should have showed part of that. Like they should have included that episode in the crossover. But if not, at least a scene from that episode. The mm. way that they always have the same scene across every show for the crossover. Right. They could have taken a scene yeah. from that episode in the crossover. But when Barry said the thing, when Barry was like, "Oh, you know, I I thought it rang false." 
from Barry because I had just watched his family disappear. And I was like, Barry, shut the fuck up. This is not the same thing. Oh my- shut up, Barry. This is not the same thing. <laughs> I guess <I'm, laughs> He yeah, just went through something much worse and much more immediate. <laughs> but anyway. Um, because... Because listen, I I am a, a major fan of Batman v Superman. Um, for anyone who doesn't get the Marvel moment, I I do feel sorry for you because there's deeper stuff to it than anything that Civil War probably did. So, um, but yeah, I mean, to, I mean, you can have there are people who have parents with the same name, and maybe one needed to hear. That that this alien being, like 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 this Cape Crusader, also had a mother, so um, I will defend Batman v Superman with till my dying breath. So, just putting it out there. Um, but anyway, so Breeze, you haven't you haven't seen, not even like anything from season one of Black Lightning. Like you don't know like any like Tobias Well. Does that mean does that name mean anything to you? No, I know like the basics of the show, and I know like. About I know kind of like general plot lines and have like read recaps and like seen it discussed. So I know like kind of generally the world and how it compares to the other Arrowverse shows. All right, fair enough. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I thought that moment like, well, it's um, and maybe maybe this was just me reading too much into it, but like seeing like these two men from two literal two different universes. Still finding something that they could bond over and they could connect over as human beings, I felt that there's just something very beautiful about that because, you know, I mean connect. I mean, human human interaction and human connection. You know, you know. I mean, like no matter what skin color you have, no matter what religion you believe in, what no matter what sexual orientation you have, and so on. Like, there's so much that we can connect with each other as people. That I thought in that moment when the, when these two men, as they were at the edge of you know losing more of the remaining world that existed, were able to kind of like connect over the fact that they had both come from tragic backgrounds, and you know they could have these two could have easily easily turned into villains if they hadn't had someone like Joe West or someone like Peter Gamby in their lives. Or someone like Iris West, or someone like uh, Jeff, uh, Lynn Stewart, and so on. Like it could have been so easy, but yet look where they are. They're in. They're, they're in two be- very beautiful costumes, and and they're trying to save what's left of the multiverse. So, um, I'm hoping that after this cross, I mean, again, I agree with everyone that it was. I I cannot believe the CW didn't mark. Like, okay, I know they said that it was. Five hours, but literally, Mark Guggenheim even declared this crossover as a six-show crossover. You could have easily marketed it as, you know, like don't, you know, if you if you want to if you want to learn more about Crisis on Infinite Earths, tune into this episode of Black Lightning right after right after this episode of Bad Woman, like. And I'm hoping that after the crossover is has finished, that more people will watch Black Lightning because I mean, Black Lightning is the best DC show on the CW. Like straight up, like I don't even podcast about it, but like I and, I and I look, I love the fight. It's gotten so good this season, but like Black Lightning is just on a different level. So I really do hope more people will check it out because you know it's. I think it, it, it's doing something that no other DC TV show or even comic book shows in general are doing right now. 
I am going to disagree with you because the best CW DC show is Legends of Tomorrow, hands down. And number two, I feel like part of the problem with this is that they, or rather part of the problem with trying to integrate Black Knight, Black, blah, 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 I can talk, Black Lightning into the crossover without explicitly, I'm making air quotes, like making it part of the crossover is that they have as a whole gotten away from that thing where the Arrow episode of the crossover is X and the Flash episode is X. Like I had to think about which one of these three episodes of Crisis were supposed to be like which show because I think they did actually do a really good job of sort of making them all feel like a piece of a whole versus versus shows that are connected. I mean, if I thought about it, I could be like, well, I guess that did feel a little bit more, maybe more like a Batwoman episode in the sense that like maybe Kate got a little bit more to do than everybody else. But I don't feel like it was structured like a Batwoman episode. I don't feel like it's the previous podcasts were very cognizant of like what show you were watching at any given point during the crossover and I don't think they're doing that now but they did not seem to want to do that with Black Lightning so it's hard to be like if you want to know what's going on in this crossover watch this other show which has a bunch of other stuff that's not really connected to the crossover that you'll just have to figure out what's happening I just think it was poor planning I think they should have just made it if they were going to do it they should have just made it a six a six show thing but I guess that would have required like everyone else who isn't a cast member on on Black Lightning to actually do an additional episode and maybe that was too much I don't know I just think it would have been better that way yeah and also we gotta remember they're also all in Atlanta so you know that that's that oh that's right so that's you know I always forget that it is I mean I don't I I can never forget it because when like when I watch Black Lightning I never recognize any of the sets that that has appeared like I could like when I watch the flight I can be like oh well that's where they did a super cool scene in this episode like that's where you know I mean Oliver is literally fighting outside Star Labs even though he's in Star City um so like I mean Vancouver they they just got a little bit repetitive repetitive with the sets they're using but with black lighting I'm like because I never I mean I don't I don't really watch a lot of shows set in Atlanta so like for me like it was. All the locations we usually see in Black Lightning are usually very new to me. Like, I mean, now at this point, I've gotten used to the school and Jefferson's home and the ASA and so on. But, like, they are literally filming in a different country. So, like, bringing all those cast members over would probably be super expensive. Um, but, no, but I get, I, I get where you guys are coming from, though. Um, uh, Taddy, what about you? Did you have any things that you wanted to talk about, Crisis, that you didn't get to talk about? feel like I said my piece but you know as usual Iris West Allen is the best and I love her and what I was actually thinking about Superman was you know I think it's a good send-off for Brandon Routh to finally let him play Superman in a way that is just that he deserves but um I feel like it was a little bit strange in terms of like he had really good chemistry with Betsy Tillock <laughs> And um, was more interesting in this crossover than poor Tyler Hecklin Superman. And I was like, why did they do that to Tyler Hecklin? So, yeah, that's all. 
Yeah, they did kind of like mm-hmm. handicap him right before he's getting his own show. Like, oh, exactly. actually, everyone prefers this other Superman. Exactly. I was like, where is my Brandon Routh Superman show? <laughs> Can Crisis switch them out? Um, and I love Tyler Hecklin as her man. So I felt I would just take that. like a whole show like full of Supermans. That's true. Just, like All a bunch of them. I, listen, I, let me, I will chime in here again. Um, I would drop everything in my life. Like, I would drop this podcast, my daytime job, my family, everything, if I could just podcast about a show with Superman's in it. Like, I mean, do you know what I could do about a show with Tom Welling, Brandon Rao, Tyler Hecklin, uh, I mean, Heckless Pro and Henry Cavill in there. Uh, we can make we can make Matt Bomer a Superman. Like, he can be Earth Titans Superman. And... What else? Who else could we put in there? Um, we can get Tim Daly in there as part of um, Earth ninety nine. Um, can I re- you know reunite him and Kevin Conroy? Um, I'm trying to think of other Superman actors that we could put on this show. Um, Good Lord, has there not Dean Cain? No, I don't. Yeah, no, no Dean Cain is canceled. He can, he can be he can be. The sacrifice that never comes back. There you go. Um, oh, but that reminds me. The other thing that I'm still pissed about, I've been annoyed about since before, since the crossover was first started getting announced, was that we never got any of the, like, like Wonder Woman, you know, Linda Linda Carter, um, just basically the Supergirl women that are, have been on Supergirl. Oh, and yeah. Have been, you know? That was weird. Are not at all in, in part of the crossover was very strange. So, yeah, but what, was she, well, was she speaking so, of people who aren't part of the crossover, where's Laurel? Well, Mark Guggenheim said that we're gonna see, we're gonna see Earth One Laurel at some point. But here's the thing: here's the thing. He's never liked having her in any of these crossovers. The last time we saw her was in the one where I I'm trying to remember. I think it was literally the first one where Oliver takes Barry to the police station, and that's where he meets Laurel. And then every year, I mean, she she was in Invasion, but that wasn't. I mean, she she was a figment of their imagination. The worst crossover. No, well, I mean, I I love the one hundred episode of Arrow. I think that's one of the best episodes of the whole series. Um, but like, but yeah, he like here's the thing, he does not like Laurel. We can stop. Let, let's stop pretending that he actually gives a crap about this character. Um, and that you know that's why. Like, I mean, I don't understand why are we getting the Earth One version in Crisis, but like. There's literally been an arc in season eight of Arrow of Laurel. I mean, Laurel from Earth Two, one of the last survivors of Earth Two at this point, having struggled with going against, going back to her, you know, previous chapter as a villain, you know, as you know, by being tempted by the Monitor, and she's finally come to her own as a hero because she wants to help save the the multiverse, and yet. She's the version that we don't get to see in the crossover, but we get to see the Earth One version. I mean, look, I always love our our first version of Laurel, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how she fits in. Um, maybe next year we will get to see you know Earth Two Laurel finally with the other heroes. Um, but like, what like? Have I missed something? Were we, were we supposed to get Laurel in one of these three parts? 
I would have expected it because she's been part of the lead up to Crisis in Arrow itself. But so wait, it's wait, weird that Laurel? she just disappeared. Which, which Laurel? Earth 2 Laurel. No, Black Earth Siren. Laurel. Well, she was, yeah. she was never going to be part of it, according to Mark. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this well, one, doesn't just... make sense to me. Yeah, agreed. It's weird, especially because she's been on this whole journey with, like, Mia and Oliver and Diggle. Like, in every episode, like, leading up to this. And suddenly she's, like, what, going to Starbucks? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Because we're, you know, we, 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 we're going to we're, we're gonna see Dinah, we're going to see Renee, we're going to see Diggle. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, I, I think it's evident what's going on here, and I think it's disgusting. Um, but hopefully next year things will look different. Um, I'm guessing she would appear in the Arrow portion of the, uh, of the crossover, right? Because that's the first one that we will come back to with the... Uh, on on the fourteenth. Your guess is good is as good as mine. Um I have an idea of what they might do, but it's horrible. Like if if like Oliver like if Oliver like as he's like getting ready to die again, whatever and so on, like he sees her like in his final like you know, like seeing her just as it goes like, you know, like, oh you can finally join me in hell now. Um Hey, hey, Felicity is coming back to get her boo. It's going to be fine. But, she's in, but she isn't dead. Why would he see, like, she's not dead. Well, no, I mean, my theory is that they're in some kind of, like, alternate heaven dimension or something. Remember in that episode when when em- Emily Betts' last episode, when she, like, goes into the portal with the monitor or whatever? When she committed suicide. In the future. Yeah. Oh, no. no. I'm pretty sure she gets to go to the paradise dimension. Yeah, that's what I th- agree. Well, that would that that's that that, that would fit the status of Mark Guggenheim not caring anything about stakes. Um, can we talk about? Okay, so I've seen a lot of people talk, as Taddy was talking about a lot of people talking about the whole Tyler Brandon Bitsy thing. Um, at first, I thought I was maybe the one only one, but then I started seeing people tweet about. I'm like, oh my god. The CW people must be freaking their minds out right now. Um, no, okay, here's the thing. Tyler is a great actor. He's a great Superman. But this is kind of what I've been. This is what kind of was I was hinting at when we did our, uh, we did an episode about all the new shows that were in the works. Mm-hmm. That this their Superman right now is they're playing it too safe. There's like there's nothing really unique about Tyler Superman right now, which is why like I was really hoping at least with the the crossover episodes that we would start seeing more of it. So, but all I really took away from it is that okay, damn Tom and Brandon are like so tall. Like do you do you remember the picture Tom took with Brandon uh, with, with Tyler and Bitsy, and like Tyler looks like so tiny, and Tom looks like like like. I mean, I know he's like six four foot or something like that, but like, I was like, this is ridiculous because I, you know, I, I, I mean, Tyler is buff unless he's just lost like a, a lot of those muscles since he left Teen Wolf, and everyone who watches Teen Wolf will remember. I mean, we saw we saw his brother. Um, season one, everyone. There's a good tra- there's a there's a good uh, workout montage. <laughs> um. I mean, it's I mean I, it's not too late for them to do anything. I mean to, I mean, I, 
what's another word I can use that isn't like fixing him? Because he like, he's not really a problem. There's just like they don't do much with him. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that his character is kind of underdeveloped because he's only ever really been brought in to assist Kara versus the Brandon Ralph Superman got this full tragic backstory. And I think there's just a lot of goodwill towards Brandon Ralph. And, you know, he is attractive, but I think it's just also like people like him as a person and he has a good a lot of goodwill from being on Legends. He's already played Superman once. So I don't think it's such a concern that people are going to be like, oh, why are we having the Tyler Hecklin show when we could have Brandon Ralph once things are settled? I think it's just in the moment, like he did outshine him, which is, I guess, unfortunate for long term plans, but it's just they're different characters. I think it would be premature to say that, like, people aren't going to embrace his show just because they really like Brandon Ralph Superman. I 100% agree with Breeze. Like I have, have been like super excited for this super excited. Haha. I made it funny. Super excited for this particular Superman show. Like since before they announced it, I'm still super excited. I think Brandon Ralph is incredibly hot as kingdom come, kingdom come Superman. And I think that a lot of people out there on the internet agree with me. If Twitter has anything to go by, bring me some fan fiction of all three of them, people. I know you guys have AO3 accounts, just saying. Um, AO what? But I mean, I'm, I, want, I, want, I want Superman, Superman, Lois fan fiction. Give that to me. Bring it to me, internet. Why can't, I, well, why, I'll read why, it up. why can't we have Superman, 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 Lois fan fiction? I mean, I hey, guys, this is not the Flash after Dark yet. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Put yeah. a pin in that. I'm going to come back to it. But, like, I mean, I'm not worried about it either. I think that they've made Tyler Superman significantly different enough for me to be interested in where that story is going to go. The I love I love him and Lois parenting. I really love Tyler's chemistry with Bitsy. I think that they're a really good Clark and Lois. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, what kinds of stories that are different from the typical Superman stories we've seen adapted before, like they do with them. I'm really sad that they're letting Brandon go from the Arrowverse generally. And I'm sad he got such a raw deal as Superman on the big screen. I think he was obviously like really perfect for the part and it's not his fault. That movie was like not great, but um, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I will miss Ray and, and this very hot Superman quite a bit you know what's so funny but... is that you're, you're talking about how beautiful brandon is and i'm literally looking at your save the date carter uh yeah, yeah. i got it i got i, I screamed <laughs> yay uh, i made it um, it's fine greg greg knows i watch a lot of television with the uh, attractive men on it well then you gotta be okay if he's like you know if he sh- if he shows his appreciation for all the amazing women on the air over because Oh, he doesn't even really watch the air. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. He watches Supergirl with me, um, and he he's watching the Crisis crossover too. But uh, he's more of a. He actually really loves. To our earlier conversation before we started recording, he loves Alex Kingston. So he was. That's like his Brandon Ralph. But uh, I think that's totally fair. Um, We're a Doctor Who household here. I love the oh. New, New Year's Day, everyone. Doctor Who. Yay. Although like they, they kind of announced it very late, though. I'm kind of like, oh, this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I know it's a little weird, but that's off topic. Yeah, uh, well, 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 oh, <laughs> I can go on about that. Well, I mean, we're on point then if we're being off topic. Um, for me, things that I didn't really get to talk. I mean, because I got one email from someone being like, 
you were too nice about Oliver's death. I'm like, me? Too nice about Oliver? Okay, well then let's fix that then. Um, once again, I'm not kidding. There is there is audio of me as the death scene was happening. Me cackling up like a witch when he dies. When, like, you know, the music... Like, also, first of all, if Blake Neal does not get an Emmy nomination... For all the scores in that this damn crossover, I don't know what I will do because this was some of his best work. But like I howled when Oliver passed away. I mean, I knew what was coming after, but like, it's like again, I mean, like well, you'll see. And I was just like, oh my god, they did it! They killed the bastard, and. Yeah, I, I did you ever did you guys ever get to listen to that audio file or were you all just like in a different group chat being like we cannot do this y'all he's going too insane. I don't acknowledge your Oliver hatred. But it's but it's somewhat justified though. Now I mean what so I, I, I qualify it was somewhat. Oh, if I say this though, I do I do <laughs> love I do love Stephen Amell though. And I'm, I am set. Oh, I, I'm leaning into my role of being the person who like defends Arrow on the show. Like that's apparently my job. So, but like, I'm doing it. But I, I do say good things about that show. Again, season eight is my favorite season, and I may actually buy it on Blu-ray, which I haven't done since season two. <laughs> um, no, but the death thing, I, I thought it was, it was powerful, but for me. It was rewarding in so many ways. Um, has it? Okay, so okay, I'm gonna ask it this way. And then we're gonna kind of move over to you know some of the other stuff we're gonna talk about in this episode. Uh, has there been any parts of this crossover that you gone back and rewatched over and over and over again on YouTube just because? Oh how, but how good it was because I've rewatched, of course, all the small stuff. But then that damn Lucifer cameo, because can we just get like a Lucifer Constantine show after season five of Lucifer ends? Yes, and I volunteer to host that podcast. All right, I gotta oh, crap. I gotta make more podcasts then for these shows. Why can't we just? Oh, I don't know. I don't. Re- I don't get to sleep these days anymore. But yeah, okay. I for you, breathe. I will. I will. I will make a. I will make a podcast. Um, hey, the show has to happen first. Well, I mean, if Warner Brothers knows what they're doing, which I, you know, they tend, to, they tend to do. And if they look at Tom Ellis and Matt Ryan and be like, hmm, British, hot, amazing characters, work. <laughs> I know. Um, Taddy, has there been any parts of the cross that you've gone back and rewatched over and over and over again that you're like, this is like, this is this is this is my jam. This is my favorite parts. I don't have time for that, but <laughs> but if I were to, I think that I would rewatch, you know, the whole Flash episode in addition to the Iris, Lois, Superman parts of the previous one. Lacey, what about you? Of the Birds of Prey cameo. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I had my uh, laptop on mute for a second and I couldn't figure out how to turn it on. Um, the Birds of Prey cameo, I just really loved. I wish it had been longer. 
Um, although I will second Toddy in that I don't have time to watch the stuff I'm supposed to be watching for the first time, let alone watch things for a second time. That feels crazy. But um, one of the scenes that I would, I think, like to revisit, because I really thought it was super fascinating, was Kate and um, and uh, Kevin Conroy's sort of messed up Batman. I thought that that was just really, like, such a cool use of that character to kind of reflect back at her what she could become if she makes, like, bad decisions. And I just love the bionic suit. I loved, I'm not super familiar with, like, all of that Kingdom Come stuff. But you should I feel really like read it. It's, it's so very. Good. I feel like it's very in my lane, and I probably should. Yeah, it's, I think it's on DC Universe. So, like, if you have an account, you should read a book. And the artwork by Alex Ross. Oh, oh my God. Like, we don't deserve the existence of Alex Ross. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool storyline. Um Breeze, what about you? Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to really go back and rewatch things, but I think before the the final two episodes come on, I'm gonna sit down and rewatch it all through. Like the first time, you know, I was live tweeting, and my sister was in the room asking a thousand questions, so I just want to like go into a dark, quiet room and absorb it all, like, and see all the things I missed the first time around. Yeah, for me, it's been all the small stuff, but then also just watching all the DC cameos. Um, just because, I mean, again, I, and I think, Lady, you put it best last week that who would have known eight years ago that we would ever get something like this on television? We live in amazing times. Yeah, like, that's why like, I get, like, I just get sick and tired of the people who, like, are fighting, like, you know... Well, DC Universe shows are too good to be on the CW, or the CW shows are too good to be on the DC Universe stuff, or whatever. It's like, well, we just enjoy the fact that all these properties, no matter what channel they're airing on, we're like we're following a massive universe, and I, I don't know, like I want to see if this ever happens again. Like you know, if any other creator can make this happen, but um. But yeah, but with that said, we're going to do one more thing before we all finally go on hiatus. Um, And uh, it's our season, it's our season 6A review of the first half of the season or a graphic novel one review. Um, Because I know that's how Eric would want it. Um, Breeze, you came up, you know, you put this together. Bless you, Breeze. You know, like, again, Rebecca, you may do good great Google Docs, but, you know, at least Breeze can, you know, keep it not crazy, like, 11 pages, you thought we were all gonna read 11 pages on the live show? Oh, girl, we can't do that, no, <laughs> that, 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 that Google, that, that Google document was amazing, um, I love how, like, everyone in the live chat got obsessed with the, with the Google Doc, we should, we should, we should make, uh, a live uh, we should make like a live version of the the Google Doc available for the listeners. So if they want to like chime in, like put things in there, it, it, that could go bananas. So, um, Breeze, do you want to do you want to head the discussion for uh, Graphic Novel One? Yeah. So I just came up with a few different questions, and we can kind of hop around 
just to kind of go over the first half of the season, see what everyone thought, look at it from a more like 30,000 foot level, and then also break down some uh, smaller elements. But the first thing I wanted to hear from everyone is what their favorite episode was this season. Um, so we can start, let's start with uh, Tatiana. Uh, I think my favorite episode was 602. I thought it was um, a, a nice, um, you know, emotional look for Barry at, you know, what it would mean to <laughs> stop existing. And also gave Iris a point of view on it as well as um, started the citizen. And also, you know, we got a little bit more in, into Ramsey. So overall, I thought it was well, well made, well crafted, and that it, it made me think that season six was off to a good start. How about you, Andy? Yeah, it's uh, I'm I I was gonna say episode two as well. Uh, a flash of the lightning. I think that was, um, and again, it's not to say I don't love that or care on the show because I do love and respect them so much, but I am so here for Barry episodes, like Barry focus centric episodes. Um, because I think that like some of the other shows, sometimes it has been very easy for the Flash to forget its lead and forget you know, some of the strengths of um, of said character. Um, and I think Barry really got to like he really got to shine in this. And I think you know, I mean, Grant has been kill- like bringing some some really high performances this season, but that episode like where he. You know, he's trying to defy destiny and trying to figure out a way to solve this problem. And, you know, we get to see him with Jay Carrick again, which I thought was was amazing. Of course, Joan. Oh, Joan. Again, if I ever meet Michelle Harrison in real life, I'm probably just going to cry in front of her because I'm like, I mean, are you seeing you bloody or I'm I'm used to seeing you as a doppelganger of Barry's mom? Um... But yeah, that's my favorite episode because it's, again, it it, it kind of gives us a little bit of everything, you know, a little bit of focus on the big bad for this first graphic novel, and but also really emphasizing the role that Barry Allen plays in Crisis. So yeah, that's what I would say. Lacey? I mean, nobody's going to be shocked by my pick. I don't think uh, I'm going with five oh five oh three. We're in season six, Lacey. Catch up. Um, six oh three. Dead man running, which is the one that um, Barry gives Frost like some hero advice. He throws her birthday party. It's one. Of, it's another one of the like cool moments this season where we got to watch everybody in in the Flash family sort of actually like have fun and do something that was not fighting back guys and I really like I mean again no one is going to be shocked by any of these comments but I really like Frost as a sort of crime fighting partner for Barry I think there's something about her cynicism that plays nicely off of Barry's like sort of relentless optimism and I think that they're like they had some cool fight scenes together this season and I think that they they just work well together as as a superhero duo What was your favorite episode, Breeze? Yeah, so I think two was a really great um, showcase for a lot of the actors. I also thought 
seven, The Last Temptation of uh, Barry Allen Part One was a really great showcase for Grant. Oh, yes. Think yeah. You really got to see Barry just kind of, you know, you got to see him kind of explore some of those darker elements that I think they did more in the earlier seasons. But like so much of the season was him suppressing his feelings about Nora, suppressing his feelings about crisis. And like, you know, he just really we get to see how he's really kind of feeling instead of putting on like that mask of bravery for the team. So I think that's a, it was a really good episode. And Oh my God, that ending when, when Iris says that's not Barry, ugh, that was, I think that might be one of my favorite moments of the season. Cause it just gave me chills and like, sorry, but the CW does not normally do that for me. Um, Cool. So moving on to the next question I had was, and this doesn't have to be specific to an episode and kind of go across the season, but like, you know, what was your favorite story arc or just like part of the season? So whether that's like a character arc or just the villain or whatever it was. I think I'll just go with uh, the citizen and team citizen. Um, I like iris starting up her paper i like the character of allegra and um the little tiny snippet of mentorship that we saw between her and iris and the fact that she supported iris in writing the article i love that camilla has something to do (laughs) other than cisco um and i hope that we get more badass moments from them like they had in um temptation of mary allen Yeah, yeah, Citizen was definitely a big one for me too this season, though I'm that's a later question, but I'm hoping to see uh, more of them in 6B. How about you, Lacey? Um, I think I just really like this is more of a general uh, comment. I in keeping with my Caitlin corner, like I like that they at least tried to handle the whole frost thing. I don't necessarily agree with like all of the choices they've made about that, but I like that they made a choice and decided to go with it. But on the whole, my favorite, favorite thing about this season has been that it is so character focused, like that it's so that, yes, all this other stuff was happening, like crisis was looming, but it was still really about the individual people. And and there were some interesting ways of pairing different people off for various episodes, giving a lot of people, I think, actually, I think I'm not going to say a lot. I think pretty much everybody got at least like something significant to do in this half of the season, like more than just, you know, do science for Barry in the background mm-hmm. or whatever, or like bring someone a coffee. I, I felt like there were really good, legitimate, like emotional moments that just came from conversations. And I don't think that the show has in the past few seasons been as good as it used to be, or as good as it could be about really treating these people like, fully treating these characters like fully rounded people as opposed to just like pieces that have to do x y and z because the plot says they're supposed to and i think this season really got back to the characters at the center of the show because honestly i don't give a crap about uh, about some random metahuman that they have to chase across town i watch the show because i care about barry and i care about cisco and i care about caitlin and iris and every like i care about these people and I feels like the show remembered that it should too. So thumbs up on that. Andy. I mean, you guys make it impossible to follow all that. Um, 
So I will try. Um, man, y'all, why did I have to pick such amazing codes to outshine me? I, I feel, I feel defeated. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I mean for me, I, I mean, I of course I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying, Iris's arc as, you know, the editor in chief of Citizen and so on. But for me, I mean, m- one of my key parts of watching the show is always going to be for Barry. And I think Barry has had some, the one of the deepest arcs in the entire series of, you know, embracing this doomed destiny. But also, in many ways, he... I mean, he really... Grew, I mean, we because the, the, for me, the consistent arc for, for Barry for the last six years has been seeing him leaving boyhood behind and entering adulthood. And I think this season really became that's that year where he finally like he's he's no longer you, you know a young boy he's not just some young man he's a full adult with all these responsibilities and i think that graphic novel one did a perfect job with that uh so Be- seeing barry preparing everyone for the crisis and you know getting getting to see some pair of that we don't you know, like, you know kind of just you know like the the ralph and uh, Barry team up episode and the episode where he and Kaden teamed up of course and all these things I really enjoyed it um, and again like I said it's a, like Lacey said perfectly it's a very character focused season like for me I don't need to you know, like for this what this show doesn't doesn't need to do for me every year which we've gotten a little bit too much in the past couple of seasons, is we, I don't need, you know, the most dangerous metahuman in, in the world that will go after Central City or something like that. Like, something like Bloodwork that really intellectually challenged Barry. Like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I know pe- some people had some issues with uh, the two-part finale, but the last temptation of Barry Allen is one of my favorite Barry you know, deep exploring episodes. Like, I love when we go into Barry's head and just see, you know, where he's at. What what does his world look like from inside his mind? So, yeah, I, that's what my favorite arc, and I'm, that's why I'm really excited for it when we get to After Crossroads to see what's going to happen afterwards. Um, what about you, Breeze? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely echo what everyone else said. I think for me, just having a villain this year that I actually cared about, which did not care about at all in season five, and honestly, even for most of season four, um, or good chunks of season four. Um, so I think having a villain who was actually interesting and like made sense and wasn't, I mean, towards the, he wasn't perfect, and towards the end, it was just kind of another, okay, a dumb villain who thinks he can like, make the world better by actually ruining it. But, you know, I thought the performance by um, Sindel Rama Murthy was so good. Like, I'm kind of sad that he's already off the show. Like, I would have loved to see him stick around more. Maybe he'll come back in the future. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, just having a villain who actually was interesting. um, Honestly, I wish he had kind of been in 6B because I do think his story was overshadowed by crisis sometimes. But, yeah, I really love that part. Um, and then I'm also going to ask everyone their least favorite. Uh, so I will start. I think one thing for me that they might want to do 
well, I don't know what they want to do, but what I want them to do in 6B is to better address the Caitlyn Frost thing um, from the moment that they kind of said, oh, Caitlyn's going to be in the backseat. Um, I was always kind of skeptical, like, how does that work? And to me, it's just kind of, I just feel like they didn't know what to do with Caitlyn anymore. So they're like, well, we'll, we'll just do Killer Frost full time. But it just doesn't really make sense to me all the time. And I wish they would kind of resolve that a little better. So maybe they will in 6B. But this whole splitting time thing is not working for me so far this season. Um, who, who else wants to go? Go next. For least favorite? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, y'all, I think we can all agree on yeah, what Tatiana is about to say. Yeah, I was yeah like, y'all know what I'm going to say. Y'all know what I'm going to say. Um, the just complete ign- like ignoring of what Iris's feelings are, having people talk about things and not talking to Iris, namely her husband and her father, who just talk to each other and act like she doesn't exist. Um, yeah, I was not a fan, and I would hope to see her actually get her own perspective uh, you know, introduced as often as everyone else is <laughs> in 6B, as well as getting her to see her actually be more active in Citizen instead of just delegating tasks, which is fine because, like, yes, she is technically the head of it, so that's delegating is what she does. But since they never got, they never showed us doing reporting before that, they better show us now. <laughs> well, it's not a 6B, I mean, the graphic novel, too, will. She, I mean, the, the the little next big bad will be insanely connected to her. So I think that's somehow connected to her. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Because well, Eric said lots of things in six A about Iris and West Allen, and they did not come to fruition outside of episodes one and two. So we will have to see. Well, I don't know. can I ask something about like what was? What were the expectations then, like for her? Like I mean, like because I mean, you can't just cut out all the other characters. Of course not. The expectations were that when Barry and Joe have a conversation about how Barry is going to die, one of them might also talk to Iris. Or even mention Iris. Um, also, that instead of Iris being like, hey, Camilla, uh, the Allegra, and Cecile, who's for some reason here, um, why don't you guys do this? And I will just be here. Instead of, hey, why don't we do this? I mean, I mean yeah, that's fair enough. I, um, I mean, because I, I, I get the frustration that people have been having with this. And I'm like, I, look, I, look, there's a lot of characters on the show. There were, there were a lot of things they had to get uh, settled and done before Crisis. And I don't know how I would have done it if I had been Eric. Like, I... You know, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up to anyone's ass or anything like that, but like, I think this was, you know, like, I, I like, I like, you know, yes, maybe she, 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 you know, she should have gotten more, but I'm glad, you know, that, I mean, at least there was something for everyone, but yeah, she should have definitely gotten more, especially, you know, she is the lead, she is the female lead of the show, she is the wife of the Flash, she is the one who's gonna, I mean, there better be, a, and this is, I mean, I'm a little bit horrified because Candace said she was only in, two episodes of the crossover. She was in Batwoman, and she was in The Flash. Does that mean that we're not going to see her in Arrow or Legends? And we're not going to see her write the article? Unless she's lying. Like, because, you know, she disappears at the end of the Flash episode. So maybe she said that, because then you would assume, you know, like, oh, she's quote-unquote dead. That's the only, you know, otherwise, yeah, we won't see her write the article. Okay, Avengers. 
at the end of right, Endgame right. or Infinity War. Oh, we're all dead. Sorry. It's over now. It's just those seven people procreating amongst themselves. Oh my god, that's gonna be so funny to watch. Like, I feel like Lex is just gonna be like a disaster, and I'm so excited for it. My least favorite arc is prob. I mean, yeah, it's probably a tie between the Caitlyn situation and the lack of Iris. Like, as as one woman gets, you know, more spotlight, two other kind of got a back got taken to a back seat. Um, so I kind of hope there's some more balance in that when we come back for graphic novel two. Um, but yeah, I of course again I I mean look I appreciate every big moment we've gotten with Iris in the, the first half, but there could have been more of it. Um, especially now, like because we I mean we, I mean how many seasons have we been wanting to see Iris as journalism career kick off? Like we're in our we're in the sixth season right now. Like it it shouldn't have taken this long. I'm glad we're there now, and I'm like I'm loving her team, uh, loving Camilla, Allegra, and so on. I, yeah, I, I I get it. You know, like why is this still there? I mean, yeah, I mean she I mean she gave up being the district attorney. You know, maybe it's <laughs> maybe being a freelance lawyer for metahumans isn't the easiest thing in the world. But um, I um, but yeah, I mean I. I haven't really... Ha- I, I mean, you know, I will say this. I feel Ralph hasn't really had a lot to do. Like, I feel like the Sue thing has... Like, I don't like the... The the flow it's had. Like, it's kind of gone and come and gone and come and so on. So that, and that's why, I mean, we know Sue's now coming in the second half. So I... But I'm really... Yeah, like, like a little more Ralph. That would be great, Yeah, I mean, we know that they've already cast Sue, so hopefully um, we will actually get to that instead of just talking about it for half a season. Um, Lacey, I think you haven't gone yet. I have not, but uh, most everyone has covered my thoughts. I think I enjoyed the Frost stuff more than you guys probably did, because hi, my biases are what they are. But I do agree that the show really could have done a better job of sort of balancing Caitlin and Frost a little bit, or at least like explaining where Caitlin goes all day or showing us the fact that she found out Barry was supposed to die or any, anything like that. That would have been great. Um, I do really like both characters. And even though I will go to my grave saying that they should have just split them into two characters or made Frost like a a personality that could be like sort of put back into Caitlyn and they could be like one person who has ice powers. They have chosen this road. It's not what I would have done, but I like both of I like both Caitlyn and Frost, so I wish there were a little bit better balance between if they're two separate people, then I need them both to have like two separate, you know, sort of like stories and agendas and like things that they want outside the fact that I don't understand how they share a body, which I guess I will just never understand. I was expecting at this point in the series that they would have kind of like merged their personalities in, into one. It's honestly where I thought they were going like multiple times through the course of this. And every time I'm like, oh, finally, we're getting to the point where 
we realize that like Frost is just a manifestation of Caitlin's like fear of whatever or something, then they're like, oh no, it's actually the ice fairy who protected her when she almost died. I don't, the, I don't the, know. The ice fairy. <laughs> the ice fairy. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, that happened. Remember Wild when she times. saw her in like the rearview mirror of the car that almost killed her? But horrible. But, but I, th- I think it's the fact that you called her an ice fairy that kind of. Yeah, it was Elsa. It was Elsa. Oh my gosh! Yes, it was in fact Elsa. So yes, I would like a little more context, a little more sort of attention to that if we're if we are in fact going to keep going down this path, which it feels like we are at least for the present moment. I feel like we've already started going in this direction, so I'm just going to skip ahead to this question, and then we can go back to others. But what is everyone hoping to see in the second gra- graphic novel, as Eric calls them? I mean, uh, me personally, the Ralph thing is huge. Like, please give us Sue or shut up about her. <laughs> like, I just want to, I just want to see her. And then, of course, like more team citizens. Sassy breeze, I love it. I agree. I 100% agree with you, though. I feel like they've done such a good job kind of, like, rehabilitating Ralph because, like, I hated the crap out of him for, like, a season and a half. And now I really like him, but it's getting really annoying that, like, his entire existence is to talk about how he's looking for this girl we've never met. And the only reason that this all still has so much goodwill is that we know the girl he's looking for and we know what it's going to mean to him. But, like, at this point, just, like, put up or shut up. You know, I don't think Michelle would appreciate you saying that. Because you know she loves Ralph. I know. She's just happy that that I like Ralph now, so. I am really looking forward to see what Wally and Barry are going to be like together. Um, Because now, I mean, because now we're going to get a Barry and Wally in a show that isn't being led by someone who strongly believed that there was no way you could have two speeches on at the same time. Um, Because I I love the Barry and Wally relationship so much in any media. And so I really, and I, you know, of course, because we're going to be doing this after crisis, I really want to see what they're going to be like uh, together. And hopefully Wally sticks around for for a while, cause I miss Keenan. Um, I mean, I mean ha- I'm happy. I'm so happy for him that he's had all this time to really get to explore himself and focus on his music and all those things. And but you know, but I feel like I always felt like this show never really got to explore Wally the way he should have and I mean you know, it seems like Eric now has an idea and a plan what to do so that's what I'm really looking forward to the most but I'm also excited to see you know a, a proper female big bad and I'm hoping she does get to become yeah I'm Mirror looking Master. forward to that too I, I do hope she gets to become Mirror Master and hopefully get a costume or something yeah. And I hope that her background or her connection to Iris, whatever it is, actually means that Iris gets to be active in the story because it would be about time. That's really the only the only goal that I have. My only my only expectancy. I would really love it if she was connected to Iris, but it, it had like absolutely nothing to do with Barry. Like yes, Barry like that would be like, great. It was just one hundred percent about Iris and not mm-hmm. about Barry at all. I mean, this is the thing that's really weird about this show. And the way that they've established it. Like, Iris was, like, not necessarily popular, but, like, Iris is very friendly and outgoing, right? 
um, Barry was the one that was the outcast. And Iris kind of like made him her friend and whatever, you know, introduced him to people. But then in the show itself, we only know people through Barry. We don't know anyone from Iris except for like Tony, like that one time. And then Stacy, the one girl that she worked with at Jitters, who was never seen again. So I think it's about time that Iris gets to introduce people. <laughs> Even her brother came in and was like, mm, my feelings are about how I feel inferior to Barry. <laughs> and her dad often forgets that she exists. So it would be nice to have someone that does not put Barry first. Maybe they were like, maybe they went to school together or something. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, no, I mean, I think we're going to get a lot of good, good Iris content in the second half. Um, I even loved when they broke the, the, the breakdown. Um, for like, when they released the the cast, you know, the cast announcement for her, that like she's like when she gets a sh- chance to meet Iris West Allen, like, as, like you know, like like they're talking about it as you know being almost, I mean, being famous now. So, ooh, I like that. Um, Breeze, what are you looking forward to? What what do you want to see in, in graphic novel too? Yeah, I mean, I think we already talked a lot about a lot. Um, speaking of Joe, I would like to see more of him in the second half of this season. Like, he didn't really get a lot to do this first half, and I'm not sure what kind of, like, the behind-the-scenes uh, reasoning for that is. I know last year Jesse was out a lot um, because of an injury, but, like, I feel like Cecile is on the show more than he is, and I love Cecile, but I also feel like, where, where's Daddy West? Like, you know, I want to see him. Um, so I hope to see more of him. I agree that it would be great to have a villain who's more focused on Iris. Um, I feel like Barry is going to be suffering from crisis PTSD for a while anyway. So I would like to see him work through those emotions. Well, I guess it depends if they remember crisis, you know, not everyone in the comics remembered crisis actually happened. So that'll be interesting, but like seeing him deal with the fallout, if he does remember it would be an interesting plot line, especially after, seeing how poorly he handled Nora and, like, suppress those feelings. Maybe he's, you know, emotionally evolved that he'll be able to actually handle it. Maybe they'll uh, go back to that, what was it, the couples counselor they were seeing? Oh, my God, uh, yes, Sharon Finkel, so, I love her. Oh, my God, I, that, oh, my God, Sharon, I, I, I want to, I, I would love to go to therapy with Sharon Finkel. Um, no, she was so funny. She knows what she's doing. Well, that would make, that would make it, that would make one Arrowverse character know what they're doing. Um, I I think she's the only one I've seen in this universe that like she do, she goes to work, she does her job, and like, she doesn't. <laughs> she has good work morals. Although there was that one episode where she was like writing her grocery list while having a session. I'm like, Sharon, Sharon, can't do that. Um, I just realized something that we didn't talk. I guess they would talk about in the crisis part, but you know, but but Breeze kind of made a, brought it up in a good way that we kind of tie it in together. Like, do you do we think Barry is gonna have like PTSD of having seen himself sacrifice themselves in crisis? Because John Wesley ships Barry Allen is now dead. I mean, I think that he's already seen uh, his dad's doppelgangers die. <laughs> But, 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 but like this was this was Barry Allen and like you know yeah, for, us, I mean, for us I mean this is 
this was a serious finale of the 90s Flash TV show in a way. The ending that the show never got. I mean, like he got like they got, they got to finally conclude his version of the character. Yeah, and he got to go out a hero though. So I think it's a really. I do think you're right that it's a nice sort of way to wrap up that show that never really got like a proper ending, and that it's really like send off that version of the character. And he got to you know, it's not a bad way to go out. I mean, I just I wrote it on on screener recently that like. You know, yes, it is a it's a it's a, it is a sad ending, but like think about it. Six years ago, this show promised us that one that one day Barry Allen would disappear in a crisis. Here we are, six years later, a little bit sooner than expected. We did a Barry Allen did vanish in crisis, but it wasn't our Barry. They still honored the one of the biggest plot points in the comic, but also like doing a proper a loophole that kind of works. But also they gave John what to do because apparently he was like he had thanked like after they had filmed that scene or whatever. And apparently John with the ship had gone up to Eric and said something in the form of like "Thank you for giving me the, thank you for giving me a conclusion." Cause you can you can you imagine? That's sweet. You know his show got you know canceled after one season, but for over twenty years, he had you know I mean the, the show had a cult following. Like people were in in love with the show. You know he did, he was doing all these commitments, and then he gets cast on this new Flash TV show, and he gets to play three characters, including the character that he never got to finish, like. I cannot think of a. It is poetic. It is poetic. I cannot think of a better. I mean, a better way to do it. Like you know, he you know, CW gave him an ending that that, C, that CBS would never give him, and it was you know it was like true comic book. Uh, I mean, of course, it was devastating. I'm good. I mean, it was you know, and I and I I watched that show. We you know, let's make a goal for 2020. We're, we should do some commentary episodes. On the '90s TV show. Oh, all right. Um, Where does one watch this the, '90s TV show? You can, you can Is watch it streaming it, anywhere. You can stream it on DC Universe. Get get the streaming service now on your app. Or oh, is it on DC Universe? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I may have um canceled my subscription when Titans ended, <laughs> but I'll have to get it back eventually. Sounds good to me. Um. What else do we have? Or are we done? Um, I have some other little fun questions. Like, what was your most memorable scene? Who's your MVP for the first half of the season? Um, but really, just like if anyone has anything else they want to say about Ooh, this first half. Let's do like a lightning round for our MVP of the season. Mine is Grant, 100%. Well, mine was, oh, Grant. My, mine was, yeah. mine was Grant, too. Yeah. I mean, he, who boy, earned his paycheck this year. Yeah, it was nice to see him just, I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but it just seemed like he was inhabiting the character again. I feel like, just, it felt very much like I had the same connection to the character as I did in season one. Like, I felt like I had kind of lost that connection to Barry Allen, and it was back this year. 
a memorable scene. I agree with this. I felt like he was back on track. How many more puns can we make? Come on, like we like you know, lightning round on track. I mean, come on, there has to be one more we can do. Check us out. We did all of that without even trying. Well, that's because you all are perfect, and I'm not. Have I not made this made this clear? I am as flawed as. Uh, I'm as flawed as snow. Like there, it's it's look it's pretty to look at, but it's otherwise disastrous. Traffic there's there's more traffic accidents. It's cold as hell, and it's just water, really. But there you go. Um, my memorable scene, by the way, is the scene in six oh seven between. When the Speed Force and Bloodwork are like battling for Barry's soul, just because like that 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 shot of one side being the Speed Force and one side being Bloodwork as they're battling for his soul, like <laughs> I mean, I look, I I pimp Armin Kavorkin every week and and all of everyone at Team Arco, but that was just like I I can that felt like a like. Uh, that, that like felt like an epic comic book moment that just fitted television so good. So that was mine. What about you guys? Nice. Still, Grant, what? No, memorable moment. Memorable moment. Oh, well, Grant acting his ass off in um, in the first half of um, the Temptation of Barry Allen. Um, especially I would say when he is, um, facing off with his speed force slash mother. Who else? I've got to learn to turn mute off, um, or on, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to go with the cheesy one, which is, I loved the moment that you start the the red sky is coming in over central city at the very end of the second part of last temptation of Barry Allen, because I feel like we've been waiting to get to crisis. like the show started and I'm not sure that we ever all really believed we would get there, but we did. And it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I think I said earlier in the episode, the end of uh, seven, um, also, like, thinking back, something that stuck with me was in one when Iris is looking for the jacket that they threw away. It was just so sad. Like, oh, yeah. That really stuck with oh, me. that was so good. And she almost got, like, sucked into a black hole or something because yeah. she didn't want to give up the jacket. I mean, I feel like Candace was killing it along with Grant in the first two episodes, and then they stopped giving her anything, so she couldn't kill it anymore. But for the first two episodes, she was doing great. Well, uh, can we also, let's give her some uh, sh- uh, some credit for that beautiful scene when she's writing the article and she does uh, the voiceover. That's true. She's tearing up during the voiceover. Baby. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I, 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 I remember... I, I, I was shook by it because I... You know, it's not very often you hear voiceovers where, like, they actually break emotion. You know, you when you hear voiceover, it's usually just to read, like, when a character's reading a letter or something. Um, but, yeah... It's been a fun first half. I'm looking forward to it. Although, people are going to be pissed when I remind them that we're, we're not getting a new Flash episode until Tuesday, February 4th. 
So that's right. We're not getting any episode of The Flash at all in January. Like we're, you know, I mean, he will be in Crisis, of course. On, I mean, there's no episode on the on the seventh, and on the fourteenth they're doing the final two parts of Crisis, and then the twenty first is the backdoor pilot to Greener and the Canaries, and then the season premiere of Legends, and then on the twenty eighth it's uh, the the series finale of Arrow. Oh well. Whatever this. Oh, good, good lord, this word. Like, what do you mean? I, like, the more you say, the less I understand that. It's it's literally OMG, but in Korean. That's all it is. Did you all get any of that? Because that's 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 confusing to me. Um, Wait, what? What is confusing to you? No, nothing. I'm dumb. Did and, I mumble? No, no, no. I'm I'm just I'm just I'm the idiot. Um, because I don't I. Just say OMG instead. But then if I say OMG, then you'll be like, with LOL, why aren't you saying the full word? No, OMG is totally fine, because it's, you know, it's a long thing. To why say. is OMG fine, but not LOL? Because it is, literally, it, it is literally laugh out loud. You're describing an emotion. Or I am emo- describing the emotion. Oh, it's the feeling of laughing out loud, but without actually laughing out loud. Taddy, if we keep doing this, we're going to scare off Ta- uh, Breeze and, and Lazy. So, um... Are y'all scared? Well, they've been quiet. Okay. I tuned this out like five minutes ago. Oh. So go right ahead. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for this uh, little, I guess, our Christmas special for y'all. Um, so, yes, we're going to be... I know the three of you will we'll get to go on a proper hiatus. I like I said I may come back with something with Adam depending on our recording schedules. Otherwise, I won't be back until January. We probably will be back, to, you know, like the the week before Crisis comes back um to do something nutty. Um but um let's go around the table as always. Um Breeze, where are you on social media and uh, your other projects? Um, you can find me on Twitter, at least for now, until I go on my Twitter hiatus soon, at Breeze Riley. Um, and then find stuff I've written over at themarvelreport.com. For a second, you were like, did we? Did Andy go with dot, dot .co or .org or .net? Um, <laughs> what would the Marvel Report sound like? The, go to themarvelreport.net. .gov, the Marvel Report .gov. Yeah. Uh, Lazy, you are everywhere. So tell- I am everywhere. And we love that. Not so really. We, we, well, we love that about you. So where are where can people find you everywhere? Um, I am at Lacey MB, L-A-C-Y-M-B, on pretty much every social media platform. I spend most of my time on Twitter yelling about television or despairing over the state of Everything that's going on in the world currently, um, it's a dark time here in America, folks. So it's really exciting. But since this is our last um, episode before the holidays, uh, Merry Christmas to Ed, Happy Hanukkah, all the other holidays that are in this window to everybody listening. Have a great new year. I'm really excited to have like, joined this family this fall, and I'm looking forward to next year. And... Tatiana, what about you? You can find me at Marcella's Ear on Twitter and all things that, well, not all things, but some things that I write, be it for Marvel Report 
or this, or with an accent, or Screen Rant, or the Illuminati will be on my Twitter. And uh, I love y'all, and y'all are great. So happy holidays, and may your 2020 be very fruitful. And also a major congratulations to Ladies with Gumption for hitting 100 episodes. Oh, yay! Thank you! Which also just happened to coincide with Crisis was great. So that happened. You thought you thought that I I forgot it. Tally, I we're like fa- we're like family. I pay attention. It's even, true. Even though, it's even, true. Even though you've yet to invite me to on your show, but you know I I, I, pay, I pay attention. <laughs> Andy, it's, it's ladies with gumption. <laughs> yeah. I feel I, anyway. I, I feel attacked. I oh. <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm all good. No, congrats to. To you, May and Jessica, uh, and may, you. may your 100 next episodes be just as amazing. And you can find me. Oh, what? Oh, you. Oh, you. Woo. Okay. Woo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Annie Babakta. And um, you can uh, find my writing over at the Mall Pro, which I help run with uh, Breeze and everyone else, but also. Over at ScreenRant.com. Also pay attention to the Illuminati. Just all saying. And um, yeah. I, other podcasts. I mean I'm kind of uh, on the hiatus right now. From Tynus Podcast and Sabrina Podcast. But if you want to go check out the old episodes. TynusPodcast.com. Um, even though I don't. I mean Titans are gone. I mean what's, what's the point of doing the podcast anymore. Uh, and SabrinaPodcast.com. So there you go. And. You know what? I'm gonna we're gonna skip the podcast plugs. You know, all I'm gonna say is if you want, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us on five star reviews because uh, that that would be a great Christmas present to us if you want to give us something. Um, and also remember on Wednesday, January fifteenth at nine p.m. Eastern slash six p.m. Pacific at Mixer.com slash DC Podcast, we're all re- reuniting with all the other six podcasts. To cover the final two hours of Crisis on Infinite Herbs. You do not want to miss these two episodes, but especially you do not want to miss this live show. So tune in and let's get crazy. So, from all of us here on the Flash Podcast, we wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. Be safe, be kind to one another, and be with your family, be with your loved ones, and Enjoy, enjoy the wonder that is Christmas and the excitement that will be 2020. And, um, yeah, that is all. So either you will see me next week with Adam or you will see us in, in January. So until then, I'm Andy B. I'm Tatiana. I'm Lacey. And I'm Breeze. Happy holidays, everyone. And we'll see you soon Aww. on the Flash Podcast.
You're the one that you okay, boomer. After <laughs> <laughs> I cannot, I cannot believe that there were for ten minutes in the live chat during the crisis podcast crossover, people were actually debating if I'm a boomer or not. I'm like, how did we get here? What I like, did see that. That was funny. It's amazing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why are we discussing if I'm a boomer? That I, I never. Like, people have gotten stuck on things with me before, but I'm like, please don't. All right. Try it again.